Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Hey, Beth. Hey, Christy. Happy 100th episode. Cheers. I can't believe it. <laughs> clink, 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 clink. Yeah. Clink. <laughs> it's too early in the morning for us, so that is not happening. But we are still super excited. Yes. It's very excited. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I didn't. I don't know if I thought we wouldn't be at 100. I don't know. But I'm just like, whoa, we're at 100. I don't think we ever even thought about it. No, we didn't think. We were just like, let's do this. And if we quit after four weeks, we quit after four weeks. Like, at least we can say we tried it. And now we're two years in almost, right? Next month or March will be two years in. And we're 100 episodes in, like 100 official episodes. Because we do have some bonuses out there and stuff that we didn't count. But like actual, actual crime episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have researched 100 murders or more and we're still here. We're still all right. We are. And because it's our 100th episode, we've got special Patreon content that will come out this week. I don't know when. I haven't decided. <laughs> when to, maybe Wednesday. Give them a day off, then maybe give it No, I Wednesday. would drop it Monday. The same day as this, so they can listen to this case and then go and listen to the bonus because the bonus is with our friends over at Crime and Roses, Danielle and Megan. They have a podcast um, about The Bachelor and True Crime, super niche and cool, and Mm -hmm. um, they covered this case that we're going to talk about today as well. And we wanted to get together with them because it's a really strange, confusing case. And we do a deep dive. So you're going to want to hear it, Patreons. And if you're not a Patreon, you're going to want to hear it. So I say we give it to them right away so they can just fresh in their mind. It'll come out. It'll come out. So you guys today have, those of you that are patrons, you have two episodes today that are coming your way. And we mean, by the way, we should shout out our new patrons. Yes. We've got Mia, Andrea, Angie, Jessica, Karen, Allison, and Jennifer. Closet sisters in the house. Yeah. So y'all have another episode to listen to that correlates to this case that you're about to hear. Also, I wanted to mention that Patreon has a similar posting format like Facebook, and we can dialogue on that just specifically for our Closet Sisters on the Patreon. So come and tell us what you think about this Mm -hmm. particular case and do comments and we'll respond and we can hash some things out on there exclusively. that'd be fun. Yeah. Sounds cool. Cool. Okay. (laughs) All right. Do you got anything else for me? It's all the housekeeping yeah. I have. It's all your business. All right. And we don't, I don't have anything. I don't want to force a silly story that I don't have. So we don't have anything to tell you about family stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess if you are ready for it, we'll just get right into this case. Ready. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So I want to start by saying that this is a listener suggestion. Our listener in Georgia recommended it, and her name is Lauren. Okay. If you know her, but she's like a photographer, I think, because I think that's what her um, handle is when we write her. But anyway, she actually lives in the town that this happened in and went to high school with one of the players in this story. Okay. 
Cool. We had, I actually ended up um, writing her from my personal account because we were going back and forth so much that I didn't want you to see any of what (laughs) we were talking about. And I was like, and she was doing those voice memos. I had like, I think I want to say like 30 minutes of voice memo. I should send you like a picture of it. It's so funny because she was writing me and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm still trying to get through listening to all of these. (laughs) It's kind of funny. (laughs) But anyways, it was interesting. Um, So this is Tamala Horsford's, not Tamala, I'm sorry, Tamla is how you say it. Tamla, okay. Yeah, T-A-M-L-A, Horsford's story. Have you heard of her? Definitely not. And I would remember this because that's a mouthful. Yeah. I have heard another podcast on it. Um, I don't, I think, I don't know if it's, I know Crime Junkie did one, but I don't know if it was theirs that I listened to, but I definitely heard a podcast on this. And I will say I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum than most people are on this case. And I wanted to start with that too, because I want to be clear that I completely um, respect and understand the family's thoughts. I just don't think I have maybe all the information that they have to completely feel the way they do. Okay. And so I want to know, I want to put it out there that I'm respectful and I want them to get the answers they need, but I'm just not, I'm not where they are. Okay. In my thoughts on this. So, okay. Tamla was born in 1978 in the Grenadines. Do you know where that is? I don't. (laughs) It's a Caribbean Island. Oh. Like Granada, like whatever. I don't know where that is, but I, I've heard of Granada and I figured it was part of like Grenadines or whatever, or Grenadines is part of Granada. Either way, it doesn't okay. matter. Her family moved to the Bronx in 1989 when she was 11, which to me is mind boggling because how do you go from a beautiful Caribbean island to the Bronx? <laughs> like what? <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a, a shock, I would imagine. Yeah. So years later, she would meet her husband in Florida. So there's not like a whole lot about her history. There's like just little tidbits. Um, I don't know if she was living. I'm assuming she was living there at the time, but they met in Florida. His name is Leander, and he had a daughter from a previous marriage. The two of them fell in love and got married, and Tamla loved his daughter just like she was her own. Uh, In the coming years, Leander and Tamla would have five sons. Wow. They've all together got six kids, Mm -hmm. five, five boys, one girl. Um, and in 2013, they moved to Cumming, Georgia for her husband's job. Okay. Now they're in Georgia. This is about 40 miles north of Atlanta in Forsyth County, which I've heard of, but probably just because I've been through Atlanta. And thing. Crime and Roses, that's where they are from that area. Is that not correct? Yeah. I know that they're from the Atlanta area. I don't know if they're like outside okay. or what, but yeah, they're from the that area. Cumming is a small town of around 6,500 people. And Forsyth County is about 245,000 people. So this, like, town is a pretty small, you know, part of this county. Okay. Tamla's son played football, and through this league, she became friendly with a group of football moms. She was well-liked by all. Family and friends say she's a joyful and loving person. She loves to dance, have a good time. She's the life of the party, some would say. She loved hosting family and friends at her house, and she always made people feel welcome whether she knew them for one day or 20 years. Oh, she sounds like my friend Christy. Oh, uh, yeah, something like <laughs> <my> friend. <laughs> I also read in one place, which I don't know if this is true or not, 
but that she would be the one that would like sneak a drink to the game in her like cup. And I was like, we'd totally be friends. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. So I don't want to like, but we'd be friends. So on November 3rd, 2018, one of the ladies, Jean from the football gr- mom group was turning 45. She decided she wanted to have a little party with her friends, but wanted it to be low key. So she invited maybe 10 to 12 friends over to her house, all ladies, to have drinks, watch football, play games, and wanted everyone to spend the night so that no one had to worry about driving home. Interesting. So a little ladies slumber party. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I would be down for that, honestly. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I don't know that I would be down for it with a big group of people, but like if I invited like two people over and I was right. like, all right, come over, hang out, and just plan to spend the night because we're going to drink too much. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> like, but like a huge group, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. It was intended to be all women, but John had a boyfriend. I- I'm hoping I'm saying her name right. I think I when I heard it on the 911 call, I'm, I think that's what it, how she pronounced it because it's spelled Jean. Okay. So just letting you know, she had a boyfriend, Jose, who lived with her and he was going to make himself scarce that night, but wasn't feeling the greatest. So he ended up staying home and stayed in the finished basement to watch football. And one of the other husbands who dropped their wife off was like, oh, well, I'm just going to hang out with you. So he ended up staying too, but they were downstairs. Okay. So I kind of want to describe the layout of the house at this point. So as best I can based on the articles and the pictures that I saw, but there's it's mentioned in one of the articles that there's an ant that lives downstairs in the basement, but this is a ground level basement. So it's not like what you're thinking where it's like underground. So you, you could walk out to the backyard from okay. the basement. Um, and then the next floor up is the main living area. And I'm thinking that there's another level beyond that. That's just bedrooms. Okay. So Jose and his friend are downstairs watching the games where um, Jean and all of her friends, Tamla and whatnot are on that main level watch doing their thing. Drinking, having fun. Slumber partying. Slumber partying. Braiding each other's hair and having pillow fights. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So off the back door, there's a back door off the um, like main level that has a deck, but there's like, and it's like 15, 14 or 15 feet off the ground because that basement is the walkout. So you following me? Yes. Kind of understanding. Okay. So the plan was for the ladies to arrive around 6 p.m., Tamla arrives a bit late, around 8.30. It's reported that she had cooked dinner and was preparing a breakfast casserole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I this, these little <laughs> things are coming out for her family to make it easier since she was not going to be home in the morning. That's nice. She sounds awesome. Yes. I know. She does. She arrived with a bottle of tequila. Even better. <laughs> meant as a birthday gift for the birthday girl. However, when she... When um, Jean says the smell of tequila wants to make her vomit, because probably flashbacks from college or something. Right. <laughs> She's clearly had an experience with it in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. Tamla's like, all right, fine. Then I'll just drink this tonight. So she drinks the tequila. Also, upon immediately upon entering the house, she changes into her onesie that is covered with paw prints. So it's like she dropped her bag, changed into her pajamas, got comfy, started drinking her tequila. Okay. She's a smoker, so she often would go out on that back deck to smoke, and apparently she was the only smoker at the party. Okay. It's also reported that she had some marijuana with her and smoked that as well, and maybe one other party goer admitted to, like, taking one hit off of it, but everybody else said that they were not into that. And Jean had actually also asked her to stop because her boyfriend's a pretrial officer, which do you know what that means? No. 
Okay. Um, I didn't either. I had to look it up. He's an officer that works with defendants that are released prior to their trial, and he helps ensure that they don't commit crimes while out and that they go back to court when they're supposed to. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like a terrible job. Yeah, no kidding. Keeping criminals from committing crimes. Right. And how do you do that? Right. I mean, how do you keep tabs on it? So I don't know. But anyways, this is his job. And so he's like, I don't really want marijuana in the house. Yeah, it's illegal, right? Got it. Right. So anyway, later in the evening, the two men in the basement end up coming up and joining the ladies while they're having drinks and they start playing cards against humanity. Oh, fun game. Yeah. Around 1130, a few ladies that were not spending the night left, like their husbands came and picked them up, or I don't know, maybe they took Ubers, but whatever, they went home safely. Slowly over the course of the next couple hours, people trickled to bed, and around 1.30 in the morning, Jean and Jose went up to bed. Tamla was still awake with one other woman who was waiting for her husband to come get her. Tamla was eating gumbo and talking with that woman, and around 1.47, her husband came and picked her up. And... It was they. She walked her to the door, gave her a hug, and the other woman was like, "All right, now go to sleep." <laughs> and so, Tamla was like, "All right, I'm going to finish my gumbo, go have a cigarette, and head to bed." Okay. And we have a pretty accurate. I say 1:47. I don't know if you were kind of like, "Well, that's specific time." Yeah. Like, who looked at their watch and was like, right. "That was 1:47 when she?" They have accurate times because the um, homeowner had like security systems on the doors. So every time it opened and closed, it like pinged on her phone. Yeah. She, there's literally a screenshot of front door open, front door closed, back door open, back door closed on her phone okay. from this night. So there's just a saying that that's around when, so 147 was probably when she departed. So the back door opens around 149 and then closed at 150 and then opened again at 157 a.m. and never closed again. So that back door to the porch. Okay. Okay. So my thinking, which I may even mention later again, is that that 149 and 150 is her going out and having her cigarette because, you know, like it could open at 149 and like seconds later it switches to 150, mm-hmm. you know, on the security. And so it closed, it could, maybe it's not necessarily that it was actually open for a whole minute. Right. And then maybe she goes back in at 157. Right. Smoked her cigarette, went back in, possibly didn't close the door all the way. Okay. Is, you know. Yeah, you know, you've had some tequila. So, and some marijuana. Mm-hmm. At 8.45 the next morning, the aunt that was living in the basement woke up and went to the kitchen to make coffee. She looked out the window and saw something on the ground. And what she saw was what looked like a body with a onesie with paw prints all over it. Oh, no. So she went into her bedroom, back into her bedroom, and said a prayer real quick, and then came back out and looked outside because I think she was hoping that she was just there and then she was going to get up while she, I don't know, I'm assuming that was her thoughts. But when she went back out, she realized, nope, that body is still there. So she went upstairs and told John, and Jose immediately got up and went to see what happened, and John called 911. She told them that they had a party, everyone was drinking, and that someone was lying in the backyard. That's what she told 911? Basically, okay. I'm like paraphrasing, sure. but okay. yeah, basically. Because then she hands the phone to Jose because Jose had already gone outside. He gets on the phone and explains that she's stiff, not moving, and looks like she may have fallen off the balcony. That call lasted around seven or eight minutes. I listened to it. Jose was very calm. Apparently, according to our listener, Lauren, um, he had been a paramedic at one point. And so to me, it makes sense that he would be calm because he's 
experienced stressful situations like that mm-hmm. and like is able to compose himself. Well, and he's kind of in law enforcement. I mean, in right. a way, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Or so law enforcement adjacent. Right. <laughs> exactly. He stated what was found, what had occurred the night before, all that. Police arrive within 10 minutes to the scene and can tell right away that Tamil is gone. Oh, they no. question everyone. Yes. Everyone that's still there. No one felt that she was overly drunk. She was composed and having a great time. Pictures from the night showed her laughing, smiling, sitting on friends' laps. Videos on Snapchat shows much of the same, dancing around, singing, whatever, just having a great time. Police are immediately investigating this as an accident, even before the autopsy comes back. They actually initially think she tripped over something like the landscaping in the backyard, like that she was actually on the ground and fell and like maybe hit her head and died. Um, But then they changed to falling off the balcony theory. Can I ask a quick question? Can Uh you get from the balcony to the backyard? Like, is there stairs? I don't know. I don't think so. Remembering, I'll have to go back and look at the pictures. I don't remember seeing any stairs, but that doesn't mean that there aren't any because like the angles of the photos, maybe it didn't show that there was stairs. Gotcha. And that was never mentioned. So that is a possibility that she could have gone down or maybe even out the front door. Well, no, the front door didn't open and close. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so, but initially they thought she had just tripped on some of the landscaping edging and like fell, whatever. But then when the autopsy comes back and it states she had high levels of alcohol, traces of Xanax and marijuana in her system, they start thinking, well, maybe he's right. She went out to smoke a cigarette and fell off. So it states she has acute ethanol intoxication, which likely contributed to her falling, causing multiple blunt force injuries. Oh. And since the back door had opened and never closed and there were unlit cigarettes on the back deck, that's why they assumed that she had fallen. Okay. When you see pictures of it, and I've had this discussion, like I said, with Lauren, the listener, it seems plausible that she could have like sat like on the edge of the um, – Bal- or the deck or whatever, and maybe she fell off. I, I mean, clearly, we, no, I don't know. There's There was video cameras, but none of them were working. Their batteries were dead. And so, because they initially, Jose had said, my girlfriend has um, cameras on the back of her house, so they'll probably catch whatever happened on, you know, last night because we were all sleeping. Hmm. So, but they ended up not getting any footage because it was broken or not working at the time. So, Four months after her death, in February of 2019, Tamla's case is closed and ruled an accidental death uh, or accidental death from a fall from the second story balcony. So, based on all of the information that I have just given you, what is your assumption of this case? Well, yeah, I mean, it sounds like she fell, I guess. She was drunk and it was an accident and she fell. Are you going to tell me what the autopsy said, though? You said blunt force trauma. Yes. Okay. Yes. But initially, when I was reading stuff, like that's pretty much as much as they gave you from the Forsyth County autopsy. Like that's okay. the information that was like, I mean, I'm sure that you could get it if you like pulled their autopsy, but that was like all that was in articles that what they told people. So, okay. Well, anyways, after this break, I'm going to dive a bit deeper into it and see where we land after that. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, I had a little bit of a hard time with this case getting to where everybody else is getting. It's a struggle. And I mentioned it to you multiple times in texts <laughs> back and 
forth before you even heard this story. And I had a lengthy back and forth with Lauren about it. And we feel very similar, similarly about this. So the family's not convinced that this is a clear-cut case of accidental death. They have fought the closing of the case and they want to get answers. They wanted to reopen it. They hired a lawyer who also agrees with them. Clearly, you can find a lawyer that'll agree with you anywhere. I'm not saying that, you know, he doesn't, but it's not uncommon that you would just find a lawyer that would help you get you your purpose across. So anyway, and now I'm going to tell you some of the reasons why they don't believe this. Okay. So let's start with the first thing. Tamla was the only black woman at this party. Okay. Just about everyone else was blonde haired white woman, which is, this is not a surprising thing at, in this town because this town and the County for that matter is a majority white population. And there's a bit of a terrible history with this place in Forsyth County, which I'm going to go into a little bit here. Okay. In 1912, there was a racial cleansing there. Oh, there were two I don't black even men. want to hear about this, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were two black men that had been accused of raping and killing white women, and angry mobs of white people went into the black homes and businesses and drove all of them out, upwards of 1,998, not 998, 1,098 black residents left. So literally, wow, cleansed the count, the town, county. A thousand and, people. Uh huh. And I don't know what they did. I didn't like deep dive into like how they managed to do that. Uh, take it up. They were probably pretty horrific to these people to get them to go. It remained all white for decades. Even in 1990, there were only 14 black residents still. Huh. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, anyway. 1990. Yeah. That's so I mean I know that's still years ago. Yeah. Right. I know it's 30 years ago but at also at a time where you would think that this wasn't going to be like it wouldn't be that way. Now clearly I know that there's like wider towns than others, you know, all over the country. But just the fact that this all happened there and it remained so white for so long. Anyway. Okay. The current deputy coroner was forced to resign from law enforcement in 2014 after he distributed photos of himself holding a racist mammy doll. So still in 2014, things Mm. are happening. Well, at least they fired him. Well, yes, exactly. Things were happening. It's not like they weren't doing anything about it, but there was still like little nuances here that are happening. Years later, he was a huge supporter of the current sheriff's campaign. So there's just like all this like talk and rumbling like, well, he was – and these racist pictures, and he's, you know, should have run him out of town, maybe. Yeah. So there's a belief that there's a bit of racism within the county still, and that's because, and because Tamla was the only black woman there, they they feel like they quickly came to the accidental death conclusion. Gotcha. Too quickly, like they didn't look enough into it. Right. Their their questions are: Had it been one of the white women at the house, would it have been looked at differently? Would they have like, you know? They, okay, I'm going to get into more details of things that they felt went wrong and why they didn't do the best job. But anyways, my question is, do I believe that? I'm sure it's possible. 100% anywhere. Well, we know that regardless that happens. Of this yes. It's totally possible that, that, that they did. They jumped to accidental death and they just believed that from the beginning and they were like, okay, no reason to believe um, that one of these people wanted to hurt her, essentially. So... Now, Lauren, the listener who suggested this, 
told me that when she was in high school there, she, and she's part Mexican, she said, um, she did kind of experience some forms of racism in a way, like comments would be made to her, like, oh, you should go mow my lawn, or they'd make fun of her for bringing her Mexican toys to school, that kind of stuff. So she was like, it wasn't like crazy, but it was still like the inappropriate things that were being said. Yeah. Right. She doesn't really remember anything more than that. She also says she doesn't feel that there was much racism there in general right now. She said, as a matter of a fact, when the Black Lives Matter movement came through, she remembers hundreds of people coming out to support that. So she's like, things are better mm-hmm. in this town now. She admits that it's the South and there are pockets where the Confederate flag is flown, but that's a lot of places. There's places in North Carolina. There's places here like that do that kind of stuff. So it's not like they're the only town. I could get behind it being a fast investigation and maybe that they look past some things, a few of which have been pointed out by the team of people working for the family. One thing was the scene was not preserved because they didn't think it was anything more than an accident. Jose apparently had moved some of the unlit cigarettes before the police got there. And also there was speculation that the body had been moved or touched at least by someone, which we'll get into later. I saw somewhere that there were two lighters found at the scene, but she was the only smoker. So they were kind of like, well, why are there two lighters if she's the only smoker? Well, I mean, I feel like there could be some explanations for that. Like, well, it didn't work. One didn't work. I don't know because I don't know if they even looked at them, which is probably part of the problem too. Like, did you check if one didn't work and that's why there was two or were there two people? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Well, if she's a regular (laughs) smoker also, it's not wild to think that she would have more than one in her purse. And well, that that's she true. goes out one time and smokes and forget forgot that she left her lighter out there. And so she got another one from her purse the next time she went out to smoke, especially if she's right. drinking or whatever, you know, like. Right. They could have both yeah. been hers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I guess part of, part of their um, thinking is that, well, it wasn't looked into. It was just like, oh, that, oop, that's the way it is. Hmm. So anyway, they also didn't feel that all the witnesses were interviewed immediately after Like, they didn't call the people who had left the party back Hmm. quickly enough, in their opinion. I'm not sure – I'm not sure of that because I didn't – I don't – I didn't get all the police records and so I have no idea, like, the timelines of questioning of people, but that's what they're saying, that they didn't question them. Um, There were several people at the party who said that she didn't seem drunk at all and one said she didn't even see how she could have fallen over the railing even if she like leaned over because of the height of the railing. She's like, I actually did it to see and I don't feel like you could accidentally fall. Like you'd really have to lean over Mm -hmm. to fall off of that balcony. And why would she be doing that if she was up there all by herself? If if she thought maybe she was going to get sick because she had high levels of alcohol. Oh, but would you lean over that far or just kind of like me, like I feel like as I'm doing it, the motion right now, like <laughs> I feel like I would like kind of lean my head over, but I wouldn't necessarily like be on my tippy toes, like bent over the waist. Right. You know? No, I, don't I agree. Yeah. The one that w- that saw her last, the one that she walked to the door and she was the last one to leave and was like, all right, go to bed. Did she yeah. say she seemed drunk? No, she was the one that's saying this. I, oh. I believe she's the one that's saying all this that she seemed very composed, and that I don't even I don't even know how she could have fallen over the interesting um, the railing. So there's been some other speculation by outside friends that were not at this party, um, and 
I don't really want to get into their speculations. Sorry, I started that sentence a little bit weird, but they are saying a lot of things that I have not been able to prove one way or the other. And so I don't want to get into like all this um, blaming people of things that I don't know actually happened. Okay. Honestly. It's fair. Um, so there is stuff in articles out there that I, I'm leaving out for a reason. So if you want to hear any of that stuff, you can go and read stuff on this. But um, I want to just stick with what I can verify. So that's what I'm telling you. So it also comes out that Jose has been fired from his job in December of 2018. So just a month later, because he used his position to access documents related to Tamla's case. So the family is like adding this in as like, well, why is he accessing documents? Like, what does he need to do that for? That's a little suspicious, which it kind of is. Like, why do you, I don't know. I curiosity. Well, it I would happened it, at his house. I mean, <laughs> it did. And it's a friend of theirs. Maybe he just was trying to make sure it was being handled properly. I mean, devil's advocate here. I have no idea. It seems shady to me, but no, I'm exactly with you. Like I'm saying this is the, these are points that the, the family's bringing up as to like reasons why we need to look into it more, but I'm with you. Like I'm a curious person. Clearly we do this. I, I if I had access to it, would I probably look into it? Probably, especially if it happened at my house. So, yes, slightly suspicious, but on the other hand, I totally get it. Right in the way. Okay. So, so he says it's out of curiosity. Um, Lauren and her husband here. Lauren, the listener, right? Lecture. Yes, Lauren, the listener, her husband went to high school with Jose. That's who. They oh, were. okay. They said. He's the nicest guy, played soccer, just a normal dude. Never, they didn't feel like could have ever heard a fly. Um, but she also went into saying, I know Ted Bundy also seemed that way to a lot of people. So me saying that doesn't really like, you know, either way I give it. But I wanted to interject that, that they knew him personally. They don't, they're not in contact with him now. They haven't been, so they don't claim to know him now. But they do know friends that have been in contact with him since all of this happened. Okay. And he's basically like, this was a horrible accident that ruined his, their family or her family's life and ours. Hmm. So anyway, so now going back to the Black Lives Matter movement that came through. So because 2020, George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery stuff, all that happened. Mm -hmm. And that caused a spike in that movement and cases started gaining more attention. And one of them was Tamla's. Okay. And several celebrities, including T.I., 50 Cent, Gabrielle Union, and Kim Kardashian, started wondering what happened to Tamla and pushed for a petition on change.org for this. My girl Kim? Uh-huh. Yeah, your girl Kim. I had to mention her because she's oh. a girl. So in June of 2020, Forsyth County asked the GBI, Georgia Bureau of, of Investigation, to perform their own independent investigation into this case to reopen it. Okay. So they do. Okay. And they take pretty much almost a full year. I think it's like 11 months that they took to investigate this. The GBI autopsy. Now, this is going to get very specific here. Showed that she had a blood alcohol content of 0.238 that night. A lot. Which is three times the legal limit. And state that this is a level that causes blackouts, uh -huh. vomiting, all that kind of stuff. Right. Which is crazy considering nobody felt like she was – like that. So she can either really hold her alcohol well or I, I don't know, or 
I don't know, just seem composed. Because who knows? Or that's they a were lot drunk out. too. Well, that's true, and their their perception is completely different. Hundred percent. Yeah, true. Traces of Xanax, which we heard, and marijuana, which we heard too. People at the party have no idea where she got it and don't remember her taking anything besides doing the taking tequila and the marijuana. Oh, the Xanax, you mean? They don't know where yeah, she got no, the Xanax. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. sorry. No idea where she got the Xanax from. One guest they found did have a prescription for it, but she insists that she didn't give her any because she doesn't know her well and they were drinking and she knows the side effects. So she's like, yeah, I have one, but I didn't offer it to Tamla. So nobody really has any idea where she got that from. Okay. So she Tamla doesn't suffered. have a prescription for that. And no. her husband, nothing, none of that. No. Okay. Tamla suffered blunt force trauma to the head, neck, torso, and extremities. Abrasions to the face, four types of hemorrhages to the skull and brain, a dislocated right wrist, cuts on her arms and legs, and a broken neck. And she also had a laceration to the right ventricle of her heart. So internally. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she fell 14 feet? 14 to 15 feet is from what I have read. Okay. She was found face down. Her head was not turned to either side. So literally her face is in the grass. Um, Her legs were behind her and both feet were turned to the right. Okay. Her right arm was straight and close down to her body, but her left arm was uh, extended and like bent at the elbow. Okay. According to initial interviews, it was stated that when they found her, both arms were like down next to her body the same way. Um, not the one extended and bent at the elbow. So there was some speculation that Jose moved her arm because he was checking for life. He was a paramedic, so that's possible. He insists it never happened. It is in a police report, like a supplemental police report in the initial investigation that he said he did. But he's like, when the GBI questioned, he was like, I, there's no way I touched the body. I, I never said that. I don't know where that came from. I never touched the body. Why so, wouldn't you touch her? I don't understand that. I, I don't know I mean, either. if I were in your backyard after a birthday party, you found me in the morning, well, the first thing you would do would be to run to me. Right. And be and, like, and check oh my gosh, room. wake up. Are you okay? Are yeah. you drunk? Did you fall? Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. So it, it, I think. Especially if they it, thought it was an accident. Exactly. Because exactly. So if you, if you knew it was a murder, you would be like, oh, nobody move anything. Right. But if yeah. you really well, genuinely you, thought that I was drunk and fell off your porch. Yeah. You'd be like patting the back yeah. or like shaking, you know, to see like. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. But he insists that he didn't touch. So, in October of 2020, the first responding officer to that scene, he's fired from his position as well. Because apparently he has had multiple affairs and sent photos over Snapchat and, like, conversations through to these women, sending them confidential information about cases that he worked on, including Tamla's case. He says he didn't send pictures, but this one lady said he sent me a picture of the body and whatever. It's not yeah, pillow talk, dude. No. And this guy, and I I'm, I actually wrote it. I'm not going to repeat what he said because he made some jokes about like how he told her husband that she was deceased and stuff like that. And it was just awful. He was an awful human being. Um, 
it's just disrespectful for the family family for me to like repeat any of that because it's just so bad. But he apparently did mention to one of these women that he thought this was an accident, but that there were things that were not being said or told to, to police in his opinion. Hmm. So that's just his opinion, but he said this. So this is just written up to. But in May of 2021, the GBI upholds the initial conclusion that this was just a horrific accident and that's all it was. The family and her their lawyers do not agree. And you guys know me. I am a Black Lives Matter advocate. I don't shy away from like giving my opinion or calling things out if things are racially charged or not. I'm just, I, I'm not convinced it is. Like, I get it. She was the only black woman at the party. I don't think this is a super racially charged case. I'm not sure that it was murder. I'm, but I do think it's possible that maybe a different accident occurred and now this was being covered up in a different way because, but I can't say that for sure either. Could she have gotten into an argument with somebody and they pushed her? Maybe. Again, I respect the family for, you know, wanting things to be investigated and not believing that, that, uh, that it was an accident and needing to close the case. But my biggest thoughts about this are, that I, why I don't think she just fell off the val- balcony is those are extensive injuries. Yeah, they are. For a 14 or 15 foot fall. I mean, I'm not saying you're not going to get hurt, but that's a lot of different things that happen there. Right? I mean. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what you were telling me, there was right. at least four injuries that she had that were potentially fatal. Yes. So like had the broken neck not killed her the blunt force all the hemorrhages and stuff to her head would have and had that not killed her then the laceration in her heart would have killed her and i mean there was at least like four or five things that you said that all could have been fatal right so that and so seems like a lot it does seem like a lot and i feel like if you fell off the balcony i mean potentially you fell right on your head. Like that's how you land. Then that's your broken, your blunt force, all the hemorrhages and you break your neck. But why, why is there, well, I mean, I guess you could have fallen on your arm too and dislocated your wrist, but I I don't know. Like trying to catch (laughs) yourself or something. Right. But if you went down and you actually hit your head, because I feel like you'd have to have hit your head first to get that, right? If you went down on your back, how would you neck your neck break? If you just went back, right back on your back, right thing, or just straight on your and and she fell straight, See, like that's, face down. I was going to bring that up too. It's very weird to because yeah, position- fourteen feet is not. It's not that far. I mean, like you, if you think about it, like I'm five three, but if I raise my hand up like this, yeah, that gives me an extra what two feet. That's seven feet. Right. So I would only have another one of me like this to fall. It's yeah. not that high. No. Like you're no. You're not going to bump and things I, on the way down. You're not going to be able to twist yourself around in any way. Like, Right. It's going to happen real fast. Really quick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so boggled by all this. And there's also speculation that the scratches that were on her arms are consistent with some of the edging on the landscaping that was right there. But which is why they initially thought maybe she fell and tripped. Mm. 
But I don't know. Or they were defensive wounds. That's what they're saying. They could be defensive wounds. Mm -hmm. Another thought that I had in this case, going back to the security notifications, which I think I already mentioned this, was that the open and close, like one left at 147, 149, she opened it, closed it, had her cigarette, went back in at 157, didn't close the door right. So that to me means she finished her cigarette and came back in. So how'd she get back out? So how'd she get back out? Or was somebody else out there with her? Mm -hmm. And they're the ones that came back in. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, reading at this, reading these articles, looking at the pictures of that night, hearing all these women, I'm not sure what the motive would have been to kill her because it did seem like everybody got along. Everyone was having fun. What could possibly have happened at this party that would make someone snap and kill this beautiful, wonderful, fantastic, friendly woman? I don't know. There's lots of theories out there, as I said earlier, that you can go and read about um, that the family and close friends of hers are saying, um, but they can't be proven um, just yet. So you can go and read them if you want to, but I'm, I'm so torn. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, this could be a complete accident. I don't feel like somebody murdered her. I feel like at worst it was something else happened and then they were, they felt like they needed to cover it up for some reason. Something else happened that was an accident. Yes. Still an accident. And actually the husband, her husband, Leander, has been quoted in newspaper or whatever article saying that he's, he does believe that it was an accident, but that something else is being covered up. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't even really think, as far as I can tell, that last one that I read, that it was murder. He just wants to know answers. He wants to know everything. He thinks that there's stuff that's being hidden. Yeah. 100%. I agree with that. I think. Yeah. And I, but I will say that I do think things were not properly handled because well, no. if, if you even thought for a second that it wasn't an accident, which it sounds like they did, it sounds like, I mean, it was four months, I think you said before mm-hmm. they actually ruled yeah. it an accident and closed the case. Why didn't they fingerprint the railing? Why didn't they fingerprint the two lighters? To see if someone right. else had been out there, if they could place someone else mm-hmm. on the, the the deck with her. Right. Why didn't they do any of those things? Did they check if she had defensive wounds, scratches, that they said could have possibly been defensive wounds? Did they take DNA samples from those to see if it was somebody else's? Did they mm-hmm. take DNA samples from the other people at the party? Like, there were things that could have been done. Right. Did anybody at the party have any scratches on them or like they had been involved in a struggle in any way or I mean right. those yeah. those are things that we see all the time in murder investigations. Right, but it wasn't treated as none of that was done and I think that's improperly handling that. Right. Right. So I'm with but, the family. I I don't think it was investigated well. No, I don't yeah, I don't think it was investigated well. I feel like all that stuff should be done even if you think it's an accident. You should just do that stuff because you never know. You might find, oh, wait a minute. Uh, somebody else's DNA is on this cigarette. Who was out here with her if she was the only smoker? You know, like, yeah, you're right. So they may have actually come across if they had actually just treat – if they just treat all scenes the same, really. Right. Because you can't, you can't say when you walk up, oh, this is an accident. hmm So – and yeah – I said that I don't feel like it was super racially charged because I don't believe that it was like a bunch of white women 
inviting a black lady over to kill her. Like that's, I don't believe that at all. I believe that these were all people were friends. I believe that they cared for her. They loved her. Maybe the, the other racial part of it or the racial part of it is that because she was the black woman, they quickly judged it was an accident. Right. Or they, or they mishandled the, the scene. Like, yeah. like we just talked about. Yeah. I think right. it's fair to say that. I mean, yes. You yeah. know, ha- just, had it been one of the blonde hair, blue eyed white women, would it, would they have taken DNA samples and would right. it have been taken right. more seriously? Yeah. Cause there's yeah. a lot just, that can happen in between like what you said, they didn't invite this one, you know, African American woman over to kill her. Right. But there's a lot in between that happening and her falling off of the balcony. Yes. Like a yes. lot of things could have happened on the spectrum in between those two things. And I think it's, I think we're on the spectrum. Right. Yeah. 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 I just, I, it was so hard for me to be, cause I feel like the other podcasts that have done it have like basically hung Jose and Jean out to dry on this when, I don't know that that's necessary either. Well, and they have been hung out to dry because they've been like attacked and had to move and, you know, like death threats and stuff like that. And so it's like, I don't know. I don't know if they tried to cover something else up. And if that's the case, then they're not the greatest human beings either. (laughs) But I don't know that they're like the worst human beings. I'm not, I don't want to like hang them. Yeah. I mean, I think if they know something, more than what they're saying and they're not telling the family they're disgusting. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Yeah. That's why I said they're not great human beings. Right. But and and it makes me think that they do in a way because because the woman did not run to her friend and say, wake up, are you okay? Did you fall? Oh my gosh. She was just mm-hmm. like, oh no. Look at her. She's laying in the yard. Is she dead? Let's call. Don't touch her. Mm. That's weird. Unless yeah. she knew yeah. something. Right. No, I, I agree with you. Staying it that way, it is weird that nobody – that they're, they're insisting they didn't touch when that would be probably the first thing that I would do. Like if if this was our situation, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, Beth, you know. And Unless you knew I was already dead and we're like – Right. Which oh, Jose's the first one that went out there and it's possible that he could tell because he was a paramedic without having to touch her. It's true. It's true. I don't know. See, do you see why I'm wow, so tired? Yes. There's so many different ways it could go, or not so many, but it could go both ways and all of the scenarios. Like, right. you didn't touch him. Oh, that's weird. Well, but it's not because you're a paramedic or used to be and could probably tell when someone's dead. Like, I don't think that it's weird that Jose didn't touch her. She wasn't his friend. Well, yeah. I think yeah, it's he weird that the like friend, right. I think it's weird yeah. that the friend didn't, like, if this were you and I, I would not think it was weird that Emery did not run up to me. I think it would be normal for Emery to be like, we have to call right now. Mm-hmm. Right. But you, you would come and get me. <laughs> like, I know that you would. Yeah. <laughs> right. You'd be like, yeah. oh my gosh, she was drunk and fell. Crazy. Yeah. Girl, let's go wake her up. She's going to be so mad. You know, like, <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You, I, I think it's weird that she didn't run to yeah. her friend. Yeah, no, that's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's wild. I am here for this. Yeah, I know. When I first started looking into it, I was like, oh, I know this case, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. That's so, so, so legally, 
it's been closed two times. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing, there's no investigation whatsoever. Not right now, but the family is still kind of, I mean, it was just in May of 2021. So, I mean, it really hasn't been all that long. Right. So I'm sure they're still trying to look for different ways to try and get them to reopen it again or whatever. So anyway, hmm. well, very sad either way. Yes, this it woman, is. Mother of six, the, these kids don't have a mom. The youngest at the time was four when this happened. Oh. So, and they don't have yeah. answers. That's the thing. And I agree right. with them that they don't have yeah. answers. I think that, and and they should fight for those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I I don't know. I don't know if the answers would even be satisfying. But they should know. They should have them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. They deserve them. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't even know what to say about that. I I feel like <laughs> I want answers. I know I do too. I'm mean, gonna definitely be adding this to my list of keeping an eye on because I know it'll things are gonna happen. Something's gonna happen, even if it's the family saying, "Okay, we've are accepting the accidental death or whatever." Right. Something Terrible. will come out. Terrible tragedy. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Yep. Well, um, don't go to any slumber parties as an adult. Not. See. Your intuition was right. Yep. <laughs> Not here for this. No. Okay. I'm really interested to see what our listeners say yeah. about this. I think this is going to be one of those ones that you guys are going to really have to come and like hang out with us on yeah. social media because I want to know. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know too. Like, cause I just, you know. I, I, I have, I don't know with this one. I don't have, you know, cause sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, the boyfriend sucks and he did it. And you know, like we totally have our huge opinion. I, I literally have no idea mm-hmm. what to make of this one. Right. Except for that. It's sad and awful and, yes. mm-hmm. and confusing. Yeah. Yeah. She was really, really injured. Mm-hmm. I don't, yes. I don't like that. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. All right. Well, don't go to slumber parties. Come find us on social media and tell us what you think. And always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.